Well, Don Miller, in conversation with uh, Dr. Gary Chapman, who is certainly uh, certainly no stranger to our listeners. We've heard him. You've been on so many different uh, of our ministry programs as well as uh, at occasions where the folks have gone out and seen you. In fact, I saw you for the very first time at Joy Bible Camp in 1999 in Bancroft, Ontario. Now, I probably don't well. think you remember me, <laughs> but I remember you. <laughs> well, that goes way back, but I do remember being there. <laughs> yeah, that was a great week. Uh, by then, uh, we had a couple of kids, and uh, we're we're now 45 years married this fall, so something must Ooh, have clicked. <laughs> yes, I, I, I don't know if we can totally blame you, but uh, nonetheless, you have been an expert, if you will, in, in relationships between people, married people, and in fact, the program that we're carrying September the 7th at 1 p.m. on Joy Radio is from our friends at Moody Radio, Building Relationships with Chris and Andrea Fabry, who go back a lot of years as well. What a delight it is. What is different about this radio show, and what is it about it that uniquely challenges you? Well, you know, uh, Don, when I first started doing this radio program, Moody, of course, uh, uh, approached me about doing a radio program, and I said, well, you know, I'm a counselor. We listen. We don't talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> and they said, well, what if we give you a really good co, uh, co-host, you know, and they suggested uh, Chris and Andrea Fabry. And after I thought, I said, oh, well, yeah, I might could do it with Chris and Andrea. Because <laughs> I knew they've been radio people for years, you know, as you know. But, yeah, we've been doing this now for a number of years and just really excited about it. Uh, what we do, essentially, uh, most of the weeks, we are interviewing an, an author, another author, who has written a book on something related to marriage and family. And uh, just, you know, kind of picking their brain to, to learn uh, from them. And then once a month uh, on the program, we do what we call a Dear Gary. That is, we take questions that people, listeners, have called in and left on a, on a line. And we read the question, and I answer the question. So that, that's a fun one, because I never know, you know, what the question's going to be. And we get really, really good questions. I mean, you know, kind of gut-wrenching questions sometimes. But at any rate, I, I have really enjoyed doing this uh, with Chris and Andrea and gotten good response from our listeners. Your, uh, your background is uh, you're a speaker, pastor, counselor, and author of 25 books, including uh, the, uh, certainly a, a bestseller, The love La- Five Love Languages. And that is certainly, I was going to say creep, but no, it's, it's, it's been acknowledged as uh, certainly being some, uh, a great contribution to understanding how couples work work or don't work together, the five love languages, would you, and I imagine you've got these down by now, would you tell us what the five love languages are for those who've never, never been aware of that? Yeah. Uh, Five fundamental ways of expressing love so that the other person feels loved. It's how to effectively meet their need for love. One is words of affirmation. You look nice in that outfit. Really appreciate what you did. You know, one of the things I like about you just using words to affirm the other person. You know, there's an ancient Hebrew proverb that says life and death is in the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. We can kill people. We can give them life by the way we talk to them. So words of affirmation. Uh, another love language is gifts. It's universal to give gifts as an expression of love. You know, the gift says they were thinking about me. Look what they got for mm-hmm. me. So gifts. Uh, a third is acts of service. 
doing something for the other person that you know they would like for you to do. In a marriage, that might be such things as cooking a meal, washing dishes, vacuuming floors, uh, walking the dog, washing the car, mowing the grass, anything that you know they would like for you to do. You know, Don, you may remember the old saying, actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. If this is their love language, actions will speak louder than words. And then number four is quality time, giving them your undivided attention. I do not mean sitting on the couch watching television. Someone else has your attention. I'm talking about sitting on the couch, looking at each other, talking, listening, sharing life with each other. Quality time. And number five is physical touch. We've long known the emotional power of physical touch. That's why we pick up babies and hold them and kiss them and cuddle them. Long before the baby understands the meaning of the word love, the baby feels love by physical touch. And in marriage, that would be such things as holding hands and kissing, embracing, uh, hand on the shoulder, you know, the whole sexual part of marriage. And for some people, physical touch is their love language. Mm. So the basic concept, as you know, is learn the primary love language of your spouse and speak it regularly and they will feel loved. You know, it's it's injected the love languages so much into into our lives and lifestyle. In fact, I can tell you from last week, and we weren't really even discussing that you were on the station, but it was very late and the dogs were whining and they had to be taken out. And normally that's something my wife does. I got up and I did it. And I came back. She says, now you're speaking my love language. <laughs> so you're there and present, Dr. Chapman. Good, good. <laughs> Do you think couples, why is this, why is this difficult? Now, the program is building relationships. That, that assumes there's an ongoing effort going on. Do you think a lot of couples know what they should do but just can't bring themselves to do it? Sometimes I think, Don, that is the case. But I think often couples are simply doing what they think would make the other person feel loved. That is, they're expressing love to them in their own love language. It would make me feel loved if they did this, so we do it for them. And, and we're sincere, but we're missing them because we're speaking our own love language rather than speaking their love language. Now, you know, I, I say to people who say to me sometimes, you say, you know, my husband and I read the book together and, and we took the quiz and he knows what my love language is, but he refuses to speak it. Mm. I say, well, you can't make someone love you. You can give them information, but Mm -hmm. you can't make them love you. Mm -hmm. But here's my suggestion. You start speaking his love language, if it happens to be the husband. You speak his love language over an extended period of time and just see what happens. Because love stimulates love. You know, the Bible says we love God because he first loved us. Right, right. So you follow that example. You be the initiator. You love him in the right love language. And many times what you're going to find his attitude will begin to change because you're touching him at a very deep emotional level when you speak his love language. Have you noticed over the many, many years you've been counseling couples that the questions you get have changed over the last, let's say, 45 years? You know, I don't know that a lot of the questions have changed. However, the one issue that is different is the whole issue of technology. Mm. Uh, So I do have people saying, you know, we're at home together. I think we're going to have some quality time, 
and he or she is on their computer mm-hmm. or they're on their phone, they're on Facebook, or they're doing something else. And I'm sitting there wondering, you know, why, why don't they take time to talk to me, you know? And this is especially people whose, whose language is quality time. Right. And they're just hoping that they can have a conversation with the spouse, but the spouse is, you know, using some kind of social media. I think that's the one biggest factor that has changed in relationships is, uh, is, is, is making, allowing technology to take time that we would be spending time with each other. I think so often uh, sin is dependent on uh, certainly temptation, but opportunities. And opportunities many, many years ago just weren't there to all of a sudden have, uh, have your mind tweaked by something. Nowadays, you just turn on your computer and there it is all over the place. How can, yeah. how can any couple withstand that type of temptation and opportunity. Well, I think we have to recognize it for what it is. Uh, technology can be good. There are many positive things. For example, I enjoy, you know, texting my wife when I'm out of town on traveling or sending her a picture of something that I just saw, you know. Uh, it is a way of uh, communicating. It can be positive. Uh, but I think we have to be aware that technology can steal our time. I mean, we know there are negative aspects to technology, such as pornography and all that sort of thing. But even beyond that, it just often steals our time that we could be doing something far more productive. And I think awareness is the first step. Mm -hmm. And to say, you know, we're just going to make some guidelines for ourselves, you know. Uh, nothing wrong with going on Facebook and talking, you look at your friends and all that, but let's let's have some limits to it, you know, some time limits to it. It has to be self-imposed. We, we can't make another person do that, but I think together, if we discuss our relationship is the most important relationship on the human plane, and so let's make time for each other. You pretty well have to choose, don't you? You have to say, this is important. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah, it is a choice, and it's not just a one-time choice. It's a daily choice. (laughs) You know, often we can start a new pattern, and then we do it for three or four days, and then we just fall back into the old pattern because we are creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I think uh, we have to decide what is best for our relationship, and then we have to continually remind ourselves, okay, this is what I've got to do. And same thing is true with speaking love languages. You know, I say, for example, if words of affirmation is not your love language, uh, but it is their love language, you might have to put a little post-it note up there, you know, and say, say something nice today. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Remind yourself, this is their love language. I think uh, when we're fresh from the vows and, you know, the the starting of a, a wonderful married relationship, what most commonly is a sign of fracture? When When does it begin? Well, you know, the average lifespan of the euphoria that we normally call falling in love or being in love is is two years. Mm -hmm. So it differs with different couples. Now, my wife and I had dated for two years before we got married. So I came down off the high pretty soon after the honeymoon, you know, and within two or three weeks, I mean, we were running into each other. You know, I'm talking about <laughs> conflicts, you know, uh-huh, right. and I'm thinking, and then I lost those emotions. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what happened? Uh, have I made a mistake here? And I think many couples experience that. Uh, they do come down off that high. And they did not anticipate that they would have conflicts because when you're in love, I mean, you're just you, whatever they want to do is fine, you know. You <laughs> right. But when you come down off the high, the high humanity expresses itself, and we are uniquely made, every one of us, 
different ideas, different personalities, different ways of doing things. And I think that's when uh, the marriage begins to fracture, when they don't know how to solve conflicts, and we end up arguing. That's what we did, my wife and I. We end up arguing with each other. And you end up saying things that are hurtful and mean to each other, and after a while you're wondering, why did we get married? We don't even like each other, you know? Yeah. And so I, I think I think that's what happens to a lot of couples. And, uh, you know, I'm just grateful that God helped us learn eventually how to solve conflicts and not put each other down, but respect each other's ideas and then say, how can we solve the thing, mm. you know? Yeah, they're ready to, to put it in the grave when it's just uh, maybe a mild cold and we're consistently yep. looking for the buzz, aren't we, of new relationship. Yep, absolutely. And that's, that's a great threat to a marriage that's in trouble when one of you meet someone at work or somewhere else and you get a little emotional excitement about it and then you walk down that road and couples their marriage breaks up and they don't what they don't realize is if they go to a second marriage they're going to face the same thing just down the road that's why the divorce rate in second marriages is higher than the divorce rate in first marriages you know so i say the answer is not running from your present mate hoping you're going to find someone that's going to be easier to live with. The answer is learning how to love the person you're now married to. And when you get that going right, then Mm. you'll have a good marriage. That's a great way to end the interview and, again, to remind our listeners that building relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman along with Chris and Andrea Fabry starts on Joy Radio, 1 p.m. Saturday afternoon, September 7th, and we're so excited to have you on board, having followed you for many, many years, and certainly cherish the advice that you have for, for couples old and young. And, Dr. Chapman, we look forward very much to that, and thank you so much for being part of the Joy Radio family. Well, thank you, Don. Good to chat with you today and also excited about uh, being able to speak to your listeners. Radio, we're the original social media, but you can still find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and more. Look us up at MyJoyRadio. See you there.